Hey, what's up, everyone? We're back. Episode four, a Frugal Athlete podcast. As promised, special guest, my right hand, my co-founder, my guy, uh, Kachi Okugo. Uh, we're going to talk to him about a bunch of things. Uh, most importantly, basketball, uh, what he has lined up, and uh, just a whole bunch of things. So let's get right into it and uh, introduce Akachi Okugo to the podcast, and let's go. Hey, what's up, Akachi? Welcome. What up, what up? What's up, everybody? Akachi Okugo here on the Frugal Athlete Podcast, coming to give you guys some knowledge and my experiences. So tell us about yourself, Akachi. Um, you know, uh, I currently do uh, player development for the Sacramento Kings. I played four years of college ball, went to a few different schools, played at a JUCO, Division One, finished at a D2, um, then got right into uh, player development with the Kings, training NBA guys, and, uh, you know, I also uh, make music, uh, screenwriter, uh, aspiring producer and stuff, so I got a lot of stuff going on I'm trying to do, and I help with frugal athletes, so, um, yeah, that's me. So you do a little bit of everything. Um... Obviously, I know you. You're my little brother since birth, so uh, we're not gonna get too much too emotional. We'll talk about you know growing up, but you say you do a lot of things. Can you talk about your involvement with Frugal and how how you how you and I got started from your point of view? Uh, well, I got involved with Frugal because um, obviously my big brother you <laughs> started it, and then uh, it was kind of your thing, and I was just like I knew a lot of players in college or playing professional basketball that uh had kind of the problems that made you start frugal in the first place like uh guys not really having as much money as it's portrayed to the outside world or learning how to different ways and tips to finance and stuff like that so i kind of asked you if i could help out getting you stories from my different friends that did different things playing basketball overseas pro uh, in various sports, whether it was soccer, basketball, or even baseball. So that's my involvement in Frugal, and I kind of hold the title of head of marketing just because I have different ideas that I've, um, you know, sprung out, and kind of like the podcast was kind of like my idea too. So, you know. <laughs> if it was up to you, all of it would be your idea. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so you, you played basketball growing up, so your whole – idea on sports is different from mine because I, you know, I played soccer and basketball. You played soccer and basketball. I quit basketball because soccer was taking up my time. You quit soccer because you just wanted to create your own lane. Mm -hmm. So can you talk about how basketball and frugal athlete tie in together in terms of, you know, the contracts that people see versus what they don't see? Yeah, I think uh, with, you know, with sports in general, we, we tend to just see the glamorous things of it, uh, just everyone at the highest levels because that's what's on TV. But what we don't know as, um, you know, just general spectators is the average, the majority of people aren't actually playing on TV. You know, there's with basketball, there's so many different leagues out there in the world. And, you know, you got the G League and stuff like that where there's actually, there's only, you know, there's, what, 32 teams in the NBA, 15-man roster with two way, two two-way guys. So it, it's not... It's not as glamorous as people think. You know, majority of guys are playing overseas and only playing for like a couple thousand a month, depending on where you're playing at. So everyone's contract is different, but the thing about it is playing overseas is really grimy and a grind because uh, it's usually year 
contracts and the way you get paid is month to month. And if you don't make it throughout the whole year, a lot of guys, you, you stop getting paid that day you get cut. So, you know, from what we see from actual reality is, you know, it's not, it's not what it seems like. So to touch on, you know, the different contracts, you know, different leagues, the levels, when it comes to basketball, it's, it's different in the, in the way soccer is. Cause you know, soccer, you're mostly dealing with guaranteed contracts. You know, you're going to get paid for a certain amount, you know, um, there's certain incentives that you can get if you play. Um, with your situation as a basketball player, um, obviously I followed your career. You played um, at all levels from JUCO to Division One to NAIA. Can you talk about your, your path in the professional basketball scene and what you wanted to do? Um, throughout your college career and if you had opportunities to continue uh well yeah i was probably just because of where i played at i probably would have been like a low-end guy so if i would have kept playing and if i would have played professional i probably would have been one of those guys that's playing for a thousand dollars a month to two thousand dollars a month and try to work your way up but i was blessed to get me a job in the nba to where i kind of just you know went that route but um yeah so my professional mindset, like I would have been one of those low end guys, and it would have been it would have been a struggle financially because I know friends of mine who are dealing with that now, playing in uh, smaller countries like uh, Bulgaria, or Thailand, or places like that, only playing for a thousand a month and having to work their way up, and you know you're spending out there, and you come home, live at home, and then you're just hoping you get a a contract for the following year. So it's it's rough, but you know everything in life is uh, you got to start somewhere and. For some guys, it's going to pan out to where they end up hopefully making a lot more, or some guys don't and have to get a regular job. But I know a common thing, guys who even play in the G League or playing at lower-end countries overseas, when they come back home, they're they're getting a job until they get a call-up from another team. So what's the mindset like? Um, did you want to become a professional basketball player? Yeah, I mean, everyone, I mean. You playing college basketball, of course you want to become a professional basketball player. Just my route was different. I, I had a great opportunity that I didn't feel I could pass up for the time being, and now I'm making the most of it, working with uh, so-called the best players in the world. So I'm just, uh, you know, making the most of it and working the NBA, trying to help guys get better. And I think for me that was uh, better than me continuing to play. For a lot of guys, though, um, you know, like mom always says, there's only uh, when she wanted you to continue playing soccer. There's only 12 guys on a basketball roster. There's o there's over millions of basketball players though. How important is it for these athletes, you know, basketball players in particularly, because this is your specialty, this is your experience. How important is it for these athletes to understand that it may not work out, while at the same time pursuing their dream? Because you can never tell someone to not pursue their dream, in a sense. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's I mean that's everything. Everyone you hear don't have a plan B, just make your plan A work. But obviously, with sports and it's a physical sport, so you could just you could honestly get hurt and never play again. You know, that's out of your control. But I think for a lot of guys, I think it's not necessarily saying like, okay, it might not work out, but just always have other things that at least interest you to where. Because basketball is going to stop. The ball is going to stop bouncing for everybody at some day. 
at a point in time, whether it's after high school, college, or after a 15-year career. At some point, it's going to stop. So I think for guys, it's, I would never tell someone to chase their dreams because at the end of the day, I, I mean, everyone everyone does have a chance. But just as you get older, you know, the it's just gets the numbers get smaller and smaller. But I would just say, just find other things that interest you. I know that's what I had to learn to do. Like, as I was getting older, like, okay, like, I'm interested in this and that. And then, you know, while you're playing or after you're done playing, you know, just start honing your craft and other things in basketball. Because with a lot of guys, they don't even know they're talented and other things. They just, you know, just so stuck in the basketball realm, they, they get caught up in it. But everyone's different. Like, you see Kobe Bryant, what he's doing with his – screenwriting and producing like he's always been interested in that and like now that basketball is done for him he has the time to pursue that you know yeah you, uh, I think you brought up a great point about you know finding your other passions you know honing your other skills um, you know I think you're a perfect example of that with all the things you do you know you're working in basketball you train you train other people on the side with basketball you're working with Fugle you have your music you have your you know your media platform that you're trying to build so can you talk about how how that process was for you personally you know finding your other passions because as a student athlete as a as an athlete aspiring to play at the professional level it's 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 hard I feel like um, some athletes feel like they have to put all their time to become a professional or to hone their craft or to perform at the highest level so what did you do to enhance those other skills that you have while at the same time, you know, performing at the highest level in basketball? Well, I just, I was always one of those guys that if I was interested in doing something, I'm going to do it, whether I see money from it or not. So I've always liked music and writing and stuff. So I was just like, you know what, like, let me like work on a song. Let me get it done. Like, let's see how it sounds. Like, you'll never know unless you do it. Or just in terms of just, you know, writing little scripts and stuff and, trying to get stuff done like you know what like I like this idea I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get it done so like in the process so I'm I got this uh docuseries I'm working on called so what's next that I wrote my senior year of college and now it's in the process of getting done so it's just like little things like that I, I think it depends on the type of person because some people don't have any other interest and in a way that's scary because if basketball doesn't work out it's like you're stuck you know and that's why I advise people to really you know, find hobbies and find what you like to do. But uh, I know for a lot of guys, it's like uh, with all the social media stuff going on and people could just really comment on anything you're doing. A lot of guys are afraid to really show people another side of them, you know, because we in this society we live in, everyone's like, oh, no, you're just a basketball player. Like, you're just this and that. Like, you shouldn't be trying to do that. So I don't. I think athletes and people in general just need to stop caring what others think and really just – show the world like you're more than just a basketball player you know I think that's what makes the world a beautiful place just everyone being able to do different stuff yeah you bring up a great point about you know the social media age and being able to comment and share your opinion as athletes you know athletes especially with a frugal athlete I feel like athletes are natural trendsetters that's why with a frugal athlete um we try to get other professional athletes, other student athletes to prom promote this initiative because uh, because fans and individuals that follow these athletes are naturally going to follow suit. I, I think I've consistently said that in my message across many platforms. But you bring up a great point from a personal standpoint. 
athletes are these are these personal brands. So how important it do you think it is for athletes to like you said we don't forget don't worry about what people think because your fans are going to be able to engage with you on a face to face or almost phone to phone basis. So how important is it for athletes to control their brand, control their image and if it's start their own music like Lonzo Ball or yourself or um, create their own YouTube page or do all these things. How important is it to control your image and control your brand? Yeah, I think it's important, Like, but there's some people who just want to play basketball and go home, and, and that's cool. But for guys who are interested in doing other things and letting other people know what you do, I, th- I think it's really important. I think uh, for a lot of guys, guys are starting to realize that people see you as a basketball player but actually, like, true fans actually want to get to know you as an individual. So, like, you see what Lonzo Ball is doing. Like, everything he's doing, they know he's into music. They know he's a diehard with his brand, like the whole BBB thing. Or you see Damian Lillard. Like, people through social media and stuff, your brand, people will get to know you as a person. You see what Vaughn Miller is doing in his uh, Facebook series now. He, he's a funny character guy. Like, people are getting to know him outside the football field. So I think that's very important because you're showing all the other things you're interested in. And, uh, like, as fans, like, fans are your fans, but they want to know you, the individual. So I think using your Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and whatever just so people get to know you better, I think that's a, I think it's a great tool and a great platform. So how can that translate for after your career is over? Because I feel like once they get to know you, they don't work. They, they don't care when you're done playing basketball. Whereas if you don't take advantage of your brand, you don't take advantage of you know honing your other skills or taking advantage of your platform, networking, and stuff like that. After your career is over, they just say, "Oh, you're just an ex basketball player, or you're just a basketball player that's retired now." Well, yeah. I mean, you gotta. It de- you gotta. It depends. Some guys just want to be known as that, or you're gonna keep. You're going to want more from it. I think uh, a, a lot of people, actually majority of people, you're going to be most known during your time as a basketball player or soccer player. That's just is what it is unless you can brand into something that someone else knows you for. Like you look at George Foreman with his grills or, you know, now Kobe Bryant's getting respect in the film industry because he's like he his thing got like nominated or whatever. So I think it's it's I think it's just all about, you know, like doing what you love, perfecting your craft, but not every. But that's just like hard to say. Not everyone's going to be known for something other than a basketball player. But that's on the individual to do what they're interested in and and to take advantage of it. So if you want to be one of the guys on TNT eventually, then you better start using the NBA summits and this and that to start getting those roles on TV. After like that's why you see guys like Shaq and Charles Barkley. They're still relevant because. They're doing their thing on TV. That's what they're interested in, and they took advantage of it. So I think that's just, you know, that's that's a tool that a lot of these guys have, especially with now social media and stuff like that. You can really show the world what you're interested in, and you can pursue your passions besides basketball if you even have passions outside of basketball. So I want to touch on something you said earlier um, about your So What's Next docu-series. And um, because... um, we work together. <laughs> I obviously know a little bit about it. So can you talk about that a little bit? 
uh, So What's Next. It's called So What's Next because uh, when I was in college, a bunch of me and my friends was always talking about, oh, like, what are you going to do? Are you still going to try to play? What are you going to get into? And none of us had any idea. So I was like, man, that's weird. Like, this happens all the time. Like, and, you know, we're like a lot of my boys, like some of them, we, we didn't all go to big school. So that question's intact. Like, playing after is really a decision and something you have to really push for. The norm where you'd be, okay, you're going to eventually start working. But no one knew. So I was just like, you know what? I'm going to create something where it just shows why athletes – and what they go through when they don't know like what's next after basketball, whether that's after college or you're playing overseas for a couple of years and you just want to give it up because you're not making that much money and basketball, you lost your passion. Or even after if you played a 15 to 20 year career and you still got to transition into so what's next. And I think what this whole conversation we've been talking about is kind of about that guys not really knowing what they want to do. But then also being in an industry where you're just, you know, just forced to be doing one thing. Like, it starts from college, like, taking classes to fit your basketball schedule. Because everything's revolved around basketball. So, a lot of the problem starts from the the core. Like, guys don't even know what they would want to do besides basketball or get a chance to even experience that or explore that. So, that's where that idea came, came from. It should be out this spring. Um... I have the pilot up. We got the pilot episode almost done, so I'm looking forward to it. And I, we have a bunch of athletes on board to help out with it. So that's a little bit about that. Yeah, man. I seen the I seen the rough draft. I can't wait. Um, Google athlete. So what's next? Collaboration. Um, I'm really excited with what you've done with that. But uh, we want to talk about. I want to talk about college. Your college experience. And, um, you know, the recent information or the news that came out about uh, some student athletes getting paid. And with your whole, you know, your whole mission and your initiative with So What's Next, your experience as a college student athlete playing basketball at a high level and this recent news, can you talk about your views on that? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think it's something that could be done. Uh, it's hard. I've heard both sides. I think the the fact that players can't use their own likeness to make money and stuff like that is, I think that's total BS because uh, for a lot of these guys, college, the, these four years that they're allowed to get. Oh, sorry to cut you off. If you if you're not uh, if you don't watch ESPN or any uh, news channels, uh, NCAA FBI investigation about um, student athletes getting paid. Um, there's been an ongoing, you know, battle for, uh, student athletes. Yeah. Ongoing battle, uh, whether athletes should get, should get paid, um, their likeness, all that stuff. But yes, yeah, so, uh, back to your point. Sorry. Oh, no worries. Um, yeah. So basically, uh, you know, I see both sides of it. I've heard that if they had to pay student athletes and taxes started getting involved and then in different States and you got the big schools or smaller schools, so I, I I think they do need to find a way to. I think they do need to find a way to you know compensate the student athlete. I definitely think they should be able to get paid off their likeness and stuff because for a lot of guys in their year or two, three or four years, when they're in school, that's the most they that's their height. That's their the most popular popular times they'll be in their life because not everyone makes it to the next level. So, uh, I think that needs to be. Uh, 
reconstructed. And then other than that, obviously, I think the G League needs to be more involved, whether giving people that outlet, if they don't, if they're going to go one and done anyways, they could just go straight pro and start learning about the pro game at an early age. But yeah, I think, uh, I definitely think it's a, it's a big issue and I don't have all the answers, but I think the NCAA needs to come to grips with, uh, student athletes and, uh, the NBA and the G League to come up with ways to look out for the athletes. And I, uh, and uh, another thing is the student athletes. It's it's not going to change until you guys change it. So it starts within. And at the end of the day, people are paying to see you guys. So until we as student athletes, or former student athletes and stuff like that, nothing's going to happen. So that's my take on it. Do you think it's student athletes or athlete students? Uh, I definitely think at a lot of schools it's athlete students just because how i touched on earlier people everything's reconstructed to you know benefit which your athletics is going to partake in but then again it's on you if you want to take a class at a certain time i mean you got the power to tell them no it's just dealing with the coach and whatnot like something's got to give so but i definitely think it's athlete student athlete comes before student that's cool. I mean, I personally think all student athletes should get paid in some way, shape, or form. Um, but I want to play devil's advocate because, say, you know, you're on a full ride, you know, you're already getting taken care of, you know, priority class, priority classes, um, priority, um, you know, you're getting a lot of benefits, whether it's, you know, the food. I was only at UCLA for a quarter, so I, I can't really touch on my student athlete experience. I mean... I was a I had a full ride scholarship, but I feel like these student athletes or athlete students need to take advantage of the things they're getting right now. Um, I feel like some of these students, you know, they just coast. They just coast through college because they 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 don't see the benefit of it because they're just they're they're already thinking four years ahead of when they're going to be in the NFL or when they're going to be in the NBA. Or when they're going to be in the uh, MLS. If that even happens. You touched on a great point. If that even happens. So what should these students do while they're in college? Should they be making sure they pick the right major instead of the easiest major? Should they be, you know, in these uh, networking events or internship events or, you know, seeking out elder statesmen? What yeah, I mean, I think just learning learning the most, like, you know, I, it all starts within. So it's all on the student athlete. I know plenty of guys um, that I went to school with or just knew from playing with or against that they um, they actually did do the stuff they're interested in, whether it's, uh, you know, accounting or finances or this and that. Even I did that until I... Two of the schools I went to just didn't have my major for that, so I just picked some like the easiest one. But a bunch of like when I, they did have my major, I was doing the things I was interested in. So when I first went to junior college, I did theater arts, so I was learning how to act and plays, learning how to write, doing f- different film stuff. And I think guys could take advantage of that, like if they have their other passions. I think people get so caught up in okay, players need to get paid, players need to get paid. Like, the players that we're even having discussion about are there's only a 1%. So for the average 
student athlete, guys that are probably not going to get drafted, the guys who aren't at the schools like Kentucky, Duke, and whatnot, definitely need to use college as a uh, as a um, as a stepping stone to further their career, whether it's going to be on the basketball court or working in basketball or whatever you're interested in. So maybe a summer you go internship for an agency or just do different things. There's there's a million ways to and guys know that it just some guys are just gonna be more driven than others and and that's gonna see how it plays out. Yeah, I mean I think what you touched on it just all comes down to the to the individual. I mean of course NCAA can make efforts to in, in, increase um, the involvement and participation of these athletes, whether it's um, with knowing, helping them find their passions, you know, helping them be able to increase their financial education. So when they do go pro or even if they don't go pro, when they go step out into the workforce, um, that they understand these things. Um, and I think that's even more important than paying these athletes, because if you pay these student athletes at that age, if they're not financially educated, if they're not financially literate, literate sorry, literate, they're just going to spend it. And uh, I mean, I feel like you've seen some of those cases already with the with the players that are getting paid under the table that we will not talk about. Um, yeah, to touch on a new subject, to, to just take a whole right turn, we're going to talk about uh, the All-Star Weekend. You were there with me uh, for the Pursuit Sports Group Financial Summit. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're just listening now, just joining us, uh, we're four episodes in. So subscribe, go back to the last three, re-listen. Um, but yeah, we were at the Pursuit, Pursuit, sorry, Pursuit Sports Group. Financial Summit, Pursuit Sports Group, based out of D.C., CEO Ramon Penny, great guy. Um, they're a financial education-based company, um, just, you know, spreading the good word, trying to promote financial literacy uh, amongst young kids, student athletes, uh, professional athletes. They work with professional athletes as well, so um, it was great to be a part of that group, and um I told you about my experiences, what I learned last week. So I wanted to ask Akachi if there was anything he learned. He was there for two days. So um, just wanted to get his his thoughts on that. Yeah, it was a cool summit. Uh, I learned a lot, heard from a lot of different voices. And uh, at the end of the day, um, people were all trying to preach the same message. You know, we're dealing with guys who uh, are in an industry where you can make a lot of money. But at the same time, a lot of guys aren't making a lot of money, and you have to be financially literate to to know what to do with your money and, you know, having a team of people you trust. I think that was the biggest thing I got out of it is uh, just people sharing their knowledge on different types of stories on guys, whether it's good or bad, whether they have no idea and they're signing bad contracts or not knowing or paying for stuff that they can't technically afford because they didn't put in account taxes and and such. So I think, you know, I've heard the same message as being in this industry for a while. And uh, I think it was good that, you know, there's a agency out there that cares and they're there to offer their help. And um, yeah, it, it was a, it was a good event and I, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. So their whole thing, uh, 
their whole uh, mission was pay yourself first. So what does pay yourself first mean to you? Uh, pay yourself first. Dang, you asked me questions just from that they were asking me at the summit. <laughs> but uh, no, nah, pay yourself first to me means, you know, just uh, making sure that you're taken care of. I mean, uh, once you get... Once you get a check or once you get paid, you kind of you kind of have your own way or route of what works for you. So if I get X amount of dollars, I'm going to put this into my savings account and have this much to spend. You know, that's what pay yourself means to me. And that's kind of the general statement we took away from the PSG uh, financial summit. I was actually surprised that you uh, your group um, placed higher than mine in the um the financial, uh, what was it, the Jeopardy game that we played? Yeah, I'm smart. And, I just look like this. <laughs> and it was funny because uh, there was one question that your group got. I don't remember, but I could have swore you were going to get it wrong. And you ended up getting it right. And then when I found out it was you that answered it, I was like, all right, cool. You know, I taught my brother well. So uh, that was funny. Um, yeah. Uh, last week, I promised the listeners that I was going to talk about... Uh, you know, what it was like in L.A., you know, seeing seeing guys, you know, renting cars, you know, living that high life. And uh, it, it reminded me of, you know, many times as an athlete going out or hearing stories of athletes going out. So I wanted to see if you wanted to share any stories. You don't have to name names of just, you know, going out and seeing how it is like. Well, I mean, I think in the industry I work in, like, it's really not flexing because those guys can afford it. So I think the worst thing you you see, especially being young and being around that, is because, I mean, everyone's pockets are different. It's just worse when you see guys that, you know, are just because of where they play at trying to, you know, fit into the grand scheme of things. I, I think guys get caught up trying to, you know, well, dang, I just saw this guy spend – 10 G's on the table. So, all right, like here, I'm going to try to, you know, keep up with them where it's like, bro, you make 30 grand a year. He makes 30 mil, like soak up that pride. (laughs) But, you know, you live and you learn. And uh, I guess that just comes with being young and guys are going to, you know what I'm saying? You you hear that term, like you can't go to the grave with your money. So you got to spend it. But I mean, hey, I'm not telling anyone how to spend their money, but I'm here to help. And it's just funny. You see things like that. And, you know, it's a society thing, you know, with all this Instagram, Twitter and all that, you know, guys get caught up in the hype and flexing and really trying to show out for other people. But, you know, we're young, make mistakes. uh, And I think guys learn from it. So as long as you're learning from it, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing. As long as you're, you're learning and you're not making, you know, you're not digging yourself in too much of a hole. You have that firm financial nest egg um, that uh, that gives you the opportunity or allows you the opportunity to indulge in the finer things, whether it's a vacation, you know, going out, uh, you know, going on that shopping spree that you want. Uh, you can do those things. Um, you know, being a frugal athlete, it's not, you know, keeping all your money in the closet and not spending it. It's making sure you're financially sound. You're financially uh, stable to, to, how can I say it, to grow, I guess. 
Um, they say money doesn't grow on trees, but if you're a frugal athlete, you can set yourself up where your money is growing, whether it's through passive income, residual income, you know, generated income through different investments. Um, and that and that money, if you know, if you're taking care of all your bills and all your important things, that money can be used on, you know, going out, you know. So uh, I think that's the whole message that we wanted to bring out. And uh, we just want to thank Akachi uh, for coming on the fourth episode of a frugal athlete podcast. He might have to take over as host for me as we continue to build out the build out the platform, build out the company. But uh, any any closing remarks for the for the team frugal? Uh, no, just uh, you know, I think frugal athlete thing is gonna be big. We got a lot coming at you. Um, so just follow uh, follow us on a uh, frugal athlete on all platforms: uh, Twitter, Instagram, the website www.frugalathlete.com. Got a ton of stories from a lot of great guys, a lot of guys you guys would be interested in. And then you could keep up with me and what I do, uh, all um, social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Just Watch Koch. And I'm glad to be here, and I'm sure you guys will be hearing more from me. Yeah, you see how he did that? I didn't even ask him. He gave a shout-out to his own his own page. So, yeah, check him out. He got a lot of cool things. Uh, he also promotes the a Frugal Athlete brand and initiative uh, at Just Watch Koch, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you be using Facebook or no? Facebook, but it's my uh, real name, your, gov- name. your government name. Anyways, uh, yeah, that's it for the show. Uh, we've breezed through that. Episode four uh, coming at you. Episode five next week, next Wednesday. Uh, to be determined what we're going to talk about, but it's going to be some cool things. So uh, we want to thank Akachi again for coming on the show and uh, really enjoy you guys listening. Make sure you subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review, positive review if if it's not positive, you can leave it anyway. We're taking all advice, all recommendations, all notes. And uh, yeah, catch you later. Bye.